This is the Bare Naked Christianity Podcast, where we're stripping off religious layers and laying down our masks. Join us on this movement to get back to what matters, loving God and loving people. We're bearing all today here on Bare Naked Christianity. And now, here are your hosts, Meg and Josh. We're back for episode four of Bare Naked Christianity. We are just, it's just Meg and I tonight. I know. No Ted. He's slacked. I know. Slacking off. It's kind of sad. But, hey, we're here. We're going to have fun. You guys are going to listen. It's going to be great. Yeah, we're talking about um, something that is near and dear to all of our hearts because we are living in a time where... uh, Everything is about sacrifice right now. We are talking about sacrifice tonight. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but with uh, COVID-19, all of this crazy world that we live in right now, we are sacrificing a ton, missing out on stuff. What are you, what are you missing out on right now the most? I miss going to Target. <laughs> Mine's going to be Chili's. So oh, Chili's. I just like want a bowl of chips that somebody else brought to me and will refill when I want, and also margaritas. I just want to be served. Yes. <laughs> like... Yeah, that's, isn't that kind of the opposite of what we're talking about tonight with sacrifice? Uh, I just, I don't know. I just, like, I'm, you know, we can still go to Target. For our, for those essential groceries. Yeah, we can't just go and walk around the store <laughs> like we used to. Except that's totally going to happen if I go essential grocery shopping. Yeah, we got to hit the pillow aisle. Yes! I am not a Target dad, no, FYI. you're a total Target person. Yeah, you could call me a Target mom. A Target mom? That that makes sense. Yeah, I'm not one of those Target dads. Uh, Meg and I go to Target all the time. We're Target buddies. Yeah, you don't hang out in the parking lot drinking, waiting for your wife to finish. You're like... In the thick of it. But I don't go to Target with my wife. Well, I go true. to Target with my best friend. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> <laughs> oh, but we're talking about sacrifice tonight, and um, where did our outline go? Look at that. You're slacking too. You and Ted. I can't handle this. Um, I was watching this show. I know you've seen it. All American. Well, I told you about it. I, you don't have to take the, like... I should take the credit. Gosh. Yes. You told me about this show, All American. Um, But it was really good, but uh, there was a quote in, I think, the second season, right there at the end, that kind of, um, it really hit me, so much so that I posted it to my Facebook page. Whoa, because that's the cool thing to do these days. I love posting a quote or a song lyric, and then, like, certain people in my life, like, especially my gram, are like, Meg, are you okay? Like, what's (laughs) going on? It's (laughs) just a lyric. It's just a quote. I'm fine. Um, But... Uh, but it's really what you feel inside. It, not always. <laughs> Sometimes it's just something that's very profound sounding. And that's how I felt about this specific quote. Um, and it said, helping someone you care about is never really a bad call. Just make sure it's not at the expense of caring for yourself. Yeah. Shout out to your husband, though, because he, he... He followed it up. Yes. He followed it up with this quote. Um Putting yourself first doesn't mean you don't care about others. It means you're smart enough to know you can't help others if you don't help yourself first. And that is paraphrasing the wonderful Jay-Z. Oh, is that where that's from? I don't know. Ted mentioned it last week or two weeks ago. 
saying you can't help somebody if you're poor. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like poor in spirit. Yes. Not just financially. We talk about that in school. So as most of you know, I'm an elementary school teacher. And the phrase we use in school is filling your bucket. So you should walk around life filling other people's buckets. Because if your bucket is empty, you can't pour anything else into somebody else's bucket. So, But if your bucket's full, you can't get refilled. Okay, it's not a perfect metaphor. No, I'm but <laughs> but, but if you're not pouring into other people's lives okay, consistently, I see, I see now. your bucket stays full and nobody can pour into yours. I see where you're going now. Yeah, and that's true. And you know, it should be so much so that you're actually leaking goodness and kindness because you are so full of it. Not not full of it, full of goodness and kindness. I've got a sermon about that. Do you? Yeah. Maybe you should um write a blog post about it. I did. Oh. Which I one? can't remember what it's called. <laughs> Cracked Pots, I think. We don't have a... Do we have a blog post called Cracked Pots? I don't know. The sermon title was Cracked Pots. I don't think we have a post called that. Wow. So, challenge to all of our listeners here. Go Find see, the blog post. Go see if you can find the blog post about filling other people's buckets. Well, it's it's about how the cracks in your pot... The cracks in your bucket, basically, if we're going to talk about buckets, are are similar to people around you. So, whatever's in your bucket, you know, if you're thinking about what's in your bucket is the light of God, light of Jesus, that light shines through those cracks and it's going to find people with similar cracks that it can shine into. So cracks are good. Yep. That's good since everyone has one. <laughs> but, um, that is such a dad joke <laughs> coming from a mom. Just trying to keep up with you. Um, but no, yeah, I love, I loved this conversation and it did spark not a lot of controversy on my Facebook page, but a little bit, um, because, you know, certain people took the, the stance that, well, sometimes sacrifice has to be you putting others first. Yeah. And, you know, it's not a sacrifice if you're not putting someone ahead of your own needs. And, like, in theory, yeah, that's true. But um, I love the airplane oxygen mask metaphor. Like, so yes. you, you've flown quite a bit, yep. right? And so, you know, for those of you who have been on a plane, you know you sit through that safety talk with the flight attendants when it starts, and they demonstrate an oxygen mask falling Uh, from the compartment above you and they always say the same thing they always say please secure your mask before attempting to help a child or the person next to you and that's because if you run out of oxygen you're not helping yourself or anybody next to you no it's true you always have to you have to be breathing and you have to be okay in order to to put a mask on a small child and i think that's all that's all these quotes are saying. Like, yes, when you sacrifice, you put someone else's wants or needs before your own, but not to the not to your own detriment. Yeah. Not to the point where you're lacking what you need to survive. Well, that goes back to last week's podcast. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> love, the, love these connections. Um, but so, like, I as a parent, we sacrifice so much, right? Oh yeah. Like I. I have a story about sacrifice. I remember quite often. So I have twins and um, they're seven now, but for the last seven years and even before that, cause my oldest is 10. I just, it, it always happens without fail. You go to a restaurant, you sit down and you agonize over the children's menu. I mean the pictures and the sides and the, what are you going to order? And you take all this time for the kid to decide what they're going to get. And then it comes and all of a sudden they want what's on mommy's plate. They don't want what they chose. 
what's in front of them. And they just start eating off of mommy's plate every time. It happens without fail. And it's just, it's a sacrifice because, you know, I was hungry too. Uh, I'm, this isn't on the outline, but I'm going to chime in here. Oh my. Kids do it. Yeah. But girlfriends and wives do it even more. Okay. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> there are restaurants now. There are restaurants, and I'm like maxing this out because I'm yelling. There are restaurants that have, an, have a girlfriend option on the menu. What? What the heck yeah. does that mean? So when your girlfriend or wife goes, eh, I'm not hungry. I'll just have some of yours. <laughs> this girlfriend option comes with an extra chicken finger or chicken strip. You are making this up. It comes with an extra mozzarella stick <laughs> and another order of fries. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Oh my gosh. I, when we launch this podcast, I'm going to have to find the picture of the menu with the girlfriend option. I want to see it. And we're going to post it to our Instagram. I want to see it. Because it exists and it's for the same exact reason. Because wives, women in general will go, ah, I'm not hungry. And I know you know this because maybe you don't do it, but you know somebody who does. <laughs> <laughs> and we won't mention them on this podcast. <laughs> But I've heard stories. Yes, yes. Um, oh, why not? I don't know if they listen. Um, shout out to my cousin Becky. <laughs> uh, but we used to sacrifice food all the time um, because Becky just had this awesome ability to never, ever spend any money. And uh, to her credit, I mean, she was a genius because we would all go out to eat after church and we'd be sitting around the diner late at night and, you know, oh, I'm not going to get anything. You know, I'm not that hungry. And, of course, we would order everything we could off the menu when we were teenagers. And then, sure enough, nobody's finishing their meal. Like, I got an order of 18 chicken fingers, and I wanted cheese fries. Like, of course I'm not finishing that. So as we're all wrapping up, Becky's like, oh, are you going to have that chicken finger? Oh, can I have a fry? And she got every meal that we ever had without ever paying a dime. <laughs> but Genius level. We sacrifice all the time for our kids. She was living in 2020 while you guys were in 1980. She was. So smart. That was a joke. Oh. Because you're old. I'm not laughing because it wasn't funny. Anyways, um, so a sacrifice for our kids at restaurants. I mean, you, you sacrifice for your kids. How else do we sacrifice? Rides at Disney World. Oh, my gosh. Hashtag <laughs> first world problems. <laughs> Please continue. No, I have little kids. I have a six-year-old, a three-year-old, and a two-year-old. And uh, so, Tenny's four, just as a reminder. Oh, Your daughter had a birthday. She she's four. four. Okay, so I have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old. And when you're an adult, and I love Disney. Like, Disney isn't just for kids. There's roller coasters. There's fun rides. Now that Nora's finally tall enough to go on them, you know, it's a lot more fun. But when Nora was real young, I had to sacrifice Space Mountain for Barnstormer. What's Barnstormer? It's a kid's roller coaster. You ride around in farm animals. <laughs> okay, now it makes sense. Or no, maybe that's the airplane Sp one. Space Mountain versus the Moo ride. <laughs> <laughs> so, that might be the airplane. I don't know. I all I know is I've said I when I when my daughters were younger and even now still cuz of Tennyson. You know, I have to sacrifice sometimes the Splash Mountain for the Aladdin carpet ride or the beauty of the beast show. And I don't get to go ride <laughs> rock and roller coaster. You know what I mean? So like those are things that I love to do, but because I have kids, 
I'm like, all right, let's go watch Beauty and the Beast for the 19th time this year. <laughs> I, but I have the ultimate sacrifice for children moment. And I know a lot, a lot of listeners can probably identify with this, and that is trading in the whip for a minivan. What kind of whip did you have? It wasn't a whip. It was a um, Nissan Pathfinder. But still, <laughs> I loved that truck. <laughs> Like SUV. I'm, I'm a truck. I, I called it a truck. My, no, my kids called SUV. it the big black truck. Yeah. Okay. SUV, whatever. Mr. Pickup truck owner. Um, I loved that car and it was great for a while. Like we, we use it with three kids, but you know, if like, if you want somebody to be able to get in the back, you got to unbuckle car seats and flip the seats around. And it had like zero cargo space when all of the seats were up. And uh, I remember we went to test drive like some new vehicles and we purposefully sought out some SUVs to try out because I was the one that was kind of like, okay, I think we need a van. Like, I think it just has to happen. And my husband was absolutely not like (laughs) it will not happen. Um, but then we got to our last stop, which was to test, test drive, um, a minivan. And it was like the clouds parted. And the sun shone down from heaven on this car. And uh, the guy came out and he handed me the key fob. And I was like, look at all these buttons. Push a button and the door opens. You push this button and the the back opens. And the kids all jumped in and they could walk to their seats and get in and had all kinds of cargo room. So um, I was okay. Took my husband a little while to get on board. Um, I think for a little while he wouldn't even drive it. (laughs) He was like you be the driver. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be caught driving this thing. Um, but now I love my van. So that was a sacrifice that actually worked out. That's good. You know, I've got a similar story, but I can one up you because I didn't have a Nissan Pathfinder. Don't hate on my truck. I traded two vehicles in for one when we had Tennyson. Oh my. Because we needed something bigger. I had a Jeep and like, wait, define Jeep because there's the real Jeep and then there's the Jeep Cherokee people who say they have a Jeep. Yeah, I had the Jeep so, Liberty Sport. That's not a Jeep. It is because it had a fully retractable roof. It's an SUV. It's a Jeep. Continue. It was boxy. It had the regular tires. If it's not a Wrangler. It was off-road. If it's not a Wrangler, no, it's not it was a an off-road Liberty. They made it one year and it was yelling? the greatest thing ever <laughs> because you're not listening to me. If your car was a Jeep, then my SUV was a truck. I had a Jeep. I had an a truck. off-road. All right, continue. An off-road vehicle. And then what happened to your Jeep? I had to trade it in. <laughs> because For what? Two car seats didn't really fit well in the back with a stroller. Oh my. And I traded that and uh, Ford Fusion, which isn't really, you know, anything that bad and I at. It was pretty cool though. Um I traded both those in for my truck. Nice. Yeah. Your actual truck. My actual Not an truck. SUV truck. Not an SUV truck. <laughs> but now I've got a Suburban, too. So That's like the ultimate family vehicle. That it thing's is. a beast. It is a it's monster. Huge. It can fit everything in the back with all the seats on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we do sacrifice a lot. you know. And I know most of these are about parenting because that's probably the, the part of your life where you the sacrifice like exponentially ramps up yeah. when you become a parent. Um, I know for me probably one of the biggest sacrifice moments was giving up my career actually for my kids. 
And, um, you know, I, there's a, a meme that goes around on the twin mom page pages that says, Hey, you see that cocky one over there? Give her twins. Uh, and I really believe that was kind of that what happened to me. I was a full on, you know, career person in vocational ministry full time. And I had one baby, you know, being provided for by family members and I was just trucking along and I would have kept going forever. And then bam, pregnant with twins and the cost of infant childcare is insane. And I remember like when I was like halfway through my pregnancy and I'm starting to look up daycare prices and just going, wow, this is, this is the same amount that my paycheck is (laughs) for two weeks to pay for two babies and daycare was the same amount of money as I was making. And I just, remember having this conversation with my husband and thinking like, why would I work just to hand my entire paycheck over to a daycare provider? Like if the money's going to be gone, money's not going to be there. I might as well just stay home and raise my own kids. But, and I know for a lot of people, they would be like, that's the dream, you know, stay home. You're a stay at home mom. How wonderful. That was not my dream. (laughs) (laughs) It's still not my dream. I'm homeschooling my kids right now through this whole shutdown and I'm, Losing my mind. Um, but when I, you know, resigned my full-time youth pastor position and I stayed home, it was really like a identity crisis for me. Yeah. Because I, I had never wanted that. I love my kids. I love to hang out with my kids, but like only for a certain amount of hours per day. <laughs> and staying home with them full-time um, put me way past that quota. And I just, I had to really adjust. And I was, I was only a, a stay home, stay at home mom without doing anything else for probably six months because I just couldn't last. By the time they were six months, I was taking part-time, um, you know, jobs at the church, trying to find ways to get out of the house, get involved. And yeah, it's, that was a big deal. We can't do that right now. No, we can't get out of the house for anything. (laughs) Um, one of the things that probably the biggest sacrifice I've I've made two big sacrifices in my life um, that didn't revolve around parenting, and the one was moving my entire family to Wyoming to take a ministry position, and the second was even worse because we lived in Wyoming. It wasn't worse. I'm. Ha- <laughs> wow, I know where you're going with this. Wow. It wasn't worse in the sense that I'm not happy because I'm I'm really happy where we are, but it was different. It is, and a lot more unknown. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you're when you're going into somewhere where you have a ministry position, like when we moved to Wyoming, you have instant friends. Everybody wants to be the new pastor's friend. And so, you know, you gain friends fast. And then you gain best friends. And you gain family. And your kids now have extended grandparents. And, you know, you decide that <clears throat> one June... You're coming home from Disney and you look at it and realize that on your way to Disney, all the roads closed behind you because of flooding. So you sit down with your wife and figure out, okay, what are we going to do? We have to get home somehow and we're driving. And it's either go to Texas and drive up to Wyoming or go to Maryland, PA area and drive over. And, you know, best friend lives in Maryland. Hey, that's me. (laughs) And... (laughs) Her daughters just happened to have a dance recital that same weekend that we were leaving. So we decided, hey, all right, our kids are staying in Florida with my parents and my sister. And you're living in Wyoming at this time. And we're living in Wyoming. And um, 
we were we only had our youngest and which was really cool because this all worked out because my wife's grandmother hasn't hadn't gotten to meet our youngest daughter yet hadassah and so we drive up to maryland we hang out with meg and her family and we go to the recital uh wit's mom and grandmother and aunt come down meet our youngest child it all worked out because it was they great. lived in pennsylvania yeah yeah and because we lived in Wyoming, we didn't really get to see our families as much because it's a it's a twenty six to thirty hour drive, and the flights were ridiculous. But we come here, we stay in the worst neighborhood possible, um, in the worst hotel possible at the Super Eight <laughs> in Essex, <laughs> behind the Crab Shack. <laughs> we just have to put it all out there. <laughs> With a sign on the door that says, no hoodies, hats, or sunglasses oh worn gosh. inside. <laughs> I remember when you came to visit us, you were like, you were scared to get out of your car. There was a guy doing the heroin lean in the parking lot. <laughs> and if I recall, I had said to you, I don't think you should stay here. Like, <laughs> I, I don't I don't think this place is a good idea. There are other places you can stay. And you were, you were like, it's cheap. It's only two nights. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> hey, and it wasn't too bad. But you know what? If we didn't stay in Essex, um, God never would have called Whitney to Baltimore. And we wouldn't be sitting here right now. We would be on Zoom halfway across the <laughs> Which is such a crazy story because I remember you you texted me or called me when you guys were finally back on your way to Wyoming and you were like, buddy, I think Whitney wants to move to the Baltimore area. Like she feels called to Essex. And I was like, what? <laughs> no. Well, because it's funny because no. you, you don't expect Whitney to say that. Right, right. I mean, we're planning a church. Yeah. We in have, Wyoming. In Wyoming. You know, after four, after four years of ministry, we decided we were going to plant a church. So we were planning a church in Wyoming, where, which was going really well because we had just flown you out in May. Yeah, I got to speak out there and yeah. hang out with you guys and be at the church plant. And... and it was going super well. We had people coming and people getting saved. And, and so the last thing on your mind is, I'm going to move... Back to the East Coast. Well, I think your response to her, correct me if I'm wrong, was, oh, yeah, okay, maybe in like five or six years when we're done in Wyoming doing what we're supposed to do. Well, yeah. I mean, my so my exact response was, yeah, let, we'll plant a campus in Baltimore in five years. Yeah. That's, that was it. And I was like, we'll leave Wyoming to plant this campus. And And how many weeks later from the time you got back to Wyoming from Baltimore to when you moved here? Oh, man. Well, I renovated my house in three weeks. And then you moved, like... But then I came out. Right. I think it was I think it was five or six weeks, because we had to get the house on the market. Um, we had to get it fixed from the giant hailstorm from when I was visiting you. Yes, that's right. <laughs> but no, but that God called you guys here. Yeah. And five weeks later, you came. Well, yeah, and we... But we ended our church plant. Like, the sacrifices were huge. We had... We left family and friends and... You know, and, you know, the great thing is we still keep in touch, but there's moments where you wonder, you know, there's moments where I wonder, did we do the right thing? Like, were we really listening to God? Was this sacrifice worth it? You know, especially now that we have this coronavirus going around, you know, I'd love to be in the middle of the mountains in the middle of nowhere in Wyoming (laughs) and not having to worry about anything. Not in Baltimore. Um but on the other hand, too, we found a great church. We've we have family. Our kids have grandparents here. Yay! 
and not just surrogate grandparents. They have their real grandparents in Florida and PA. So and you both both sides of your family are on the East Coast. Yeah. So. So, but the sacrifice was real. It, you know, even though the decision was quick, and it was just it was a God thing because everything just kind of fell into place. Well, and sacrifice, I think, really is a God thing because if you think about, like the Bible says in John uh, chapter fifteen, verse thirteen, greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. And obviously, you know, that's a a nod to what Jesus did, you know, laying down his life for the salvation of everybody. Um, but I don't think that that's necessarily calling us to, like, take a bullet for someone, though that would count as sacrifice, obviously. Yeah. But when it says to, like, lay down your life, like, what that means, that means what, really? I think, honestly, for me, that verse has always meant uh, something special. It's always... Stop what you're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you or Joe or, you know, one of Chuck needed something and, and I was able to do it, I was able to, you know, sacrifice what I was doing to give to you guys. I would. And you know, it, it's stop what you're doing for yourself. Lay it, lay it down and go help your brother or sister in Christ. I'll never forget. Um, a sermon that Dr. Don Meyer actually gave oh, at, at Valley Forge, um, our alma mater. Uh, and uh, he talked about living life with an open hand. And it was kind of along those lines. And that was that, you know, if you're trying to hold on to what's important to you, then when somebody comes along that needs something, you don't have a free hand to help them. And that you need to lay down what's important to you and lay down your own tools, your own desires, so that you can you know, help somebody else up. You know, I, it's funny. I've always heard this phrase in a tithing offering <laughs> sort of thing, like speed the light banquets, speed the light fundraisers, BGMC fundraisers. I've always, I've always heard this specific phrase used in those settings, but the phrase is great because it doesn't just mean money. And so it, it goes, um, you are never more like Jesus than when you're giving. And you see how it's tied to money, but Oh yeah. I've I've also <laughs> only ever heard that like during offering time. So. But but you're never more like Jesus when you're giving to a friend. Yeah. Giving of yourself, of your time, you know, laying down something to do something for them. I cuz Jesus did it. You you see it countless times throughout the New Testament and throughout the Gospels where Jesus laid down what he was doing for a friend. Yeah, but but let me throw this out here too, because I think we have to be careful if we just leave it at that and say like, yes, sacrifice, give up everything to do for others. Mm -hmm. But I want to kind of go back to that quote that we opened with, and that is that there has to be a little bit of self-awareness there. Um, because if you are a giver, and I think both of us are, mm -hmm. um, you can find yourself burnt out really quickly or as we talked about with the bucket being empty yeah um and you can really really run into boundary issues if you can't have enough self-awareness to make sure that you're healthy and that you're where your needs where you need to be before you start saying yes to other people like i know for me while i was a youth pastor um you know again back to kids because I'm mostly a mom right now, so all my stories revolve around parenting. Uh, but when I um, had my first daughter and I was a full-time youth pastor, before I had my daughter, 
And, you know, all my kids are like, oh, Pastor Megan, are you going to come to my winter concert? Can you come to my volleyball game? You know, can you come to my debate match, whatever? And I was like, yeah, of course. You know, and you, it, it's funny to, to see in circles of young people in ministry who are either single or not married, and they're like, get into the schools, go into the kids' lives, you know, go where they are. And that's great, and that's awesome. Um, but I kept doing that after my daughter was born for a little while, uh, and it caused some serious issues at home. Uh, I had a little baby to take care of yeah, and a husband at home. And if I was going out three and four nights a week to catch, you know, the football games for one of my students or whatever, uh, it was, it was a difficulty. And I, in that moment, you know, I had to say, I can't make this sacrifice away from my family right now in order to go do what I think I need to do for ministry. I have to keep my family number one. And this is not a sacrifice that is healthy for me to make. Mm -hmm. And that was difficult. Yeah, no, it definitely is. There's, there's funny stories too, when it comes to sacrificing, you know, for church and, and life in general. But when it comes to that, when it comes to laying down your life for a friend, when it comes to dropping everything and sacrificing, emptying your bucket more and more and more, when you're not getting refilled, you get drained. Yeah. And one time where it's bad to get drained is when you're driving. Uh, True. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, I thought I was invincible. You know, I think I'm invincible sometimes. You're not. Well, I drove 36 (laughs) hours straight after dropping you off at the airport. That's true. (laughs) That was probably not a good choice. I mean, Joe and I split the drive. Well, there you go. (laughs) But um, right before I moved out here, literally the Saturday before I was leaving um, to drive out, to make the 26-hour drive to Baltimore, um, I was hanging out with my senior pastor. And, you know, it was, it was the last time I was really probably going to see him unless I went to visit or, and so we were hanging out, we were talking, we were, he was giving me life advice and it was a great time. Not going to lie. It was a great time. And then the youth pastor, now this is a youth fundraiser that they were doing. The youth pastor, Emily, we love you, but if you're listening, (laughs) um, decided that a date was more important then the youth fundraiser. Oh my gosh, I remember this night because you had said, legit, your words, I'm going to get to bed real early tonight because yeah. I have a long drive tomorrow. Well, I was leading worship, I was co-leading worship, and I was going to drive. Yep. And the only reason I stayed is because a, friend, a missionary friend of mine was coming into town. That's right. And I wanted to lead worship with Jackie one last time. Yep. And so I could have left Thursday with Whitney and everything would have been fine. But I decided to stay... And, uh, <clears throat> and so Dan looks at me and goes, Hey, you're here. You've run registered before. Cause it, so we were doing concessions and when this church does concessions, they can bring concessions, brings in a boatload of money and it goes to the youth ministry. It goes to the youth. Ministry. Well, they would, when we were there, it would split between the youth and children. Okay. Um, cause Whitney and I, and we would run it with the youth pastor. And just to be clear, who was supposed to run the cash register? The youth pastor. Emily. <laughs> I'm just going to name drop. <laughs> I did it too when we started. So I have no idea if she listens. I don't know if anybody from there. Gillette listens. Next time we should like 
do that little disclaimer where we say the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Yeah, not in this episode. No. Um, <laughs> but, and I got to give it credit and a great shout out to Emily. She's getting married. The guy she went on a date with is her fiance. So like so it, it worked out. Gotcha. It worked out. It wasn't just like some random date. But uh, Dan looks at me and he's like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> he had just got off the phone and I'm like, what? It's like, Emily's not coming, is she? Because we had been texting that day, and she was telling me how she might go on a date, and I had no idea that she had to be there to run register. I thought she had cleared it with Dan. But no, she calls Dan and goes, <laughs> hey, I got a date to go to, so I'll be here for a couple hours, but then and I won't. register ran what time? Uh, it, so it ran to like 9, 10 o'clock at night, and I had to be up the next morning. And I had to flatten my air mattress and load up because I was sleeping on the air mattress. Because the house was empty. The house was empty. Whitney had moved. And the only reason I was out of the house talking to Dan is because we had a cleaning company at the house cleaning. So so I was sleeping on an air mattress and I had to pack up my air mattress, get my guitar into a place where I could actually get it out of the car to do worship and... How many hours of sleep did you get the night before your 26-hour drive to oh, Maryland? Oh, man. Uh, probably five or six. Oh, my gosh. And, and you drove straight through to get here. Uh, I stopped in Ohio for about 30 minutes and slept. <laughs> that still counts as straight through. Oh, okay. Are <laughs> you, you talking like I didn't stop at a hotel? and get a hotel room. No. You drove straight through. No, I drove straight through. Um, but I always do. Whenever we drive somewhere, it's always straight through. But um, that was a sacrifice. I sacrificed my own sleep, you know, to help out a friend. And and may I say, also, probably you, should, you should have said no. I, I mean, I'm, I'm just throwing it and, out there. Because, and that's where boundaries come into right, play. Because for safety. And that's why I love the verse, um, Proverbs 21.3, that says something along the lines of um, God prefers obedience over sacrifice we should be doing what is acceptable to the lord rather than sacrifice and let me tell you not everything that you're asked to do by a church is being obedient to the lord preach (laughs) (laughs) not in a bad way not not in a bad way it's just sometimes your bucket needs to be filled and if it isn't you're not helping anybody. And and listen, I mean, those of us that are in church ministry, we know. We know the the, the 2080 rule that 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Yeah. And those 20% do all the work because a lot of them just never say no. A lot of them are givers. Yep. And I'm just going to go and I'm going to give. And if I'm physically capable, I'm going to do it. Never mind, though, what their spiritual health might be, their mental health, their emotional health, even their physical well-being. Um, and I think like that's a challenge to people in leadership and not just church leadership. If you are the CEO of a company or a business owner or a supervisor, you really need to, to keep in mind the emotional, physical, spiritual well-being of your people. Yeah. And that, you know, yes, there should be times when people have to sacrifice for the good of the whole, but damn it, if they don't have their oxygen mask on, yeah. you got to stop asking them to put them on other people. Yeah. And, I mean, you can always help somewhere. Sure. You know, like, for me, I know how to solder stuff, but I... Really? I'm a, yeah. 
but let I me wanna... tell you about this stool that I have that's broken. I'm just kidding. Go ahead, continue. Uh-huh. That's welding. Oh, it's not the same thing. <laughs> Soldering wires. I thought that was like you melt little metal thing with a. Tor- I don't know. Ninth grade tech ed was a long time ago. Continue. But you said stool. Um, so you know we were rewiring our entire sanctuary under the stage, everything. Well, I'm a large guy. So you, you're not, I'm not going to be the one going under the stage to run wires, but I can solder. <laughs> so I'm the one soldering cables, helping solder cables. And, you know, I know how to use a drill. I'm, the other guys don't usually let me touch a drill. They say, there's a computer, go play with that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you could always find somewhere to help. But at the same time, for a week straight, we were at the church until three o'clock in the morning. Nobody was sleeping. We all had to work. And then after work, we went straight back to the church to rewire the sanctuary. So it had to be done by, by Friday. And so, um, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where sometimes, sometimes you're just going to do it and you're going to run on empty. And I think that the key word there being sometimes, and that's what people like you and I have to remember that the sometimes has to come to an end eventually. Mm -hmm. And you should go back and listen to our podcast about boundaries uh, to get a whole lot more information and insight into how we feel about that. Um, Because it is, it's difficult to walk that line between sacrifice and boundaries because you want to give, you want to be a person who's known for that, but you need to be healthy too. Well, and not even in the church world, like, I knew one of my friends, one of my really great friends in Wyoming, soccer coach, you know, basketball coach, <laughs> was doing it all for his kids and running himself ragged because he was also helping out in the church. And I, you would see him sometimes and he would he would be like passing out. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, oh, well, so-and-so's got a soccer game tonight and so-and-so's got a basketball game and I got I to gotta coach both and... One's right after another, so I, got, I don't even get to take my kids home. I got to run my one kid yeah. right from the soccer field to the basketball court. And and it might not have been basketball. It might have been softball or something. But it's the same premise when, you know, in life, especially when you have kids, you know, you want to coach them, you know, especially if you're good at sports. I'm sure if your girls want to play volleyball. Oh, I'm dropping everything to coach that. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and if my girls want to play soccer, which is my love, I'm dropping everything to coach them. Now, Nora does not play soccer. Like, we've tried that. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't go over it well. It doesn't go over well. <laughs> she wants to play, but we said, no, we've tried that already. <laughs> We're not We're going to steer that. you in a different direction. <laughs> and, but, like, if Tenny wants to play soccer, I'm going to drop everything I can and coach. But if Nora wants to play baseball... Right, then what? <laughs> I, I love baseball too. Yeah. And so if I go coach baseball and I coach soccer and they're running at the same time and I'm my and I'm running on empty cuz I work full time and you know, we do this podcast and I still want to find time for my family, still want to find time for my friends and then coaching like it's not just ministry, it's life. We we take on too much cuz we just want to do 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 and and I, and I guess what this all boils down to for me is I want to pass on to my kids the, the giving mentality. Like, I want yeah. my kids to give sacrificially. I want them to bend over backwards for their friends. Yep. And I want them to be known as the person that you can count on to be there whenever you need it. 
but I also want them to know that it's okay to say no. And it's yeah. healthy even to say no sometimes. And um, the best way that we can do that is model that. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too is, you know, buying random birthday presents or Christmas gifts, you know, that people aren't expecting or, because there's ways to give that isn't, isn't sacrificial to the point of I'm killing myself. Draining you. Right. Or drain, yeah, draining you. You know, there's, there's sacrifice, it's sacrificial to, to just do something nice for somebody during Christmas or their birthday or that they're not expecting. And that's giving and it's giving in a way that you're not sacrificing yourself. Yeah. That, that's always my issue is I, I need to learn to tone it down. Sometimes like I want to go big. Yeah. Like it, this was, you know, and, and I guess we'll probably end with this, but this was this whole coronavirus and the season that we're in, like my twin girls turned seven right in the middle of all of this. And I had a difficult time with that because like I wanted to go big. They want horseback riding. They want ponies or they want to run out the skating rink or they want to do all this stuff. And, and I really struggled with, I want to give it to them. Yeah. Um, but the smart thing to do, the wise thing to do was to cut that all back and, you know, actually uninvite some people who had been invited and keep it to a small like family get together. And in hindsight, it was perfect. It was great. They had a blast. Yeah. They didn't even miss some big extravagant thing that I could have pulled off for them. And I guess that's, that's what we have to keep in mind is that, you know, if you can't give all, give some. Yeah. If you can't give some, it's okay. Yeah. You know, take care of yourself. I mean, your husband and best friend's birthdays are in April too. So I'm done shopping already. I'm just saying. I'm it, throwing it out there. You're gonna be good. You're gonna be good. <laughs> yeah, but we don't get some extravagant party. Uh, no, you do not. It's Corona season. <laughs> <laughs> That's the excuse. Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, definitely tune in again, guys, and go back check out the Boundaries podcast uh, and you know a couple other, the parenting one, which would go right along with this. That yep. was really fun. That just came out uh, before this one, right? Yep. So yeah, uh, check us out on. Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You're probably listening on one of those. But also our blog, BarenakedChristianity.com, where we write articles and write posts about some of the stuff that we talk about, some of the stuff we don't talk about. But it's just another place to get some content from Meg and I. Like it, share it, subscribe to it. We'll catch you back here again. <laughs>